Hello, friends. Glad you could join us for episode 21 of Hope Through the Fire podcast. I'm Bob, and I'm sitting next to my wonderful, lovely co-host, my wife, Kelly. Hello, friends. So glad you took the time to listen. We have what we hope will be a great episode lined up for you today. We're going to look further into the book Suffering that we've looked at, oh, what was that, three or four episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, written by our favorite, one of our favorite authors, Paul David Tripp. But before we do that, we need to talk about, da- well, we don't talk about Bruno, and we definitely shouldn't talk about daylight savings time, but what do y'all think of daylight savings time? I have a lot of opinions on this. Um... I'm not a big fan of Benjamin Franklin. No, he's he's not a nice guy. I mean, if, if I, yeah, I feel like if he were here today, he would not have a lot of friends. No, he wouldn't. Because it was a really dumb idea of his to, hey, we should, I mean, maybe at that time it was helpful. It's not helpful anymore. So at the time of this recording and when it comes out, we have just gone through the daylight savings time where we lost an hour. And I'm sure that if we have anybody who is listening, who might be a member of Congress. I'm sure you could help us out. I don't know if we have anybody, any listeners like that. But if we do... We're not that cool yet. We're not that cool, but hopefully we we might have that. And if somebody's listening, we're making a public announcement right here on Hope Through the Fire podcast that daylight savings time should be forever and forthwith abolished. Forthwith? Forthwith, exactly, yes. You've been watching Blue Bloods or something? What is it? Police talk? Forthwith. Forthwith. Yes. Yes, hey, with you, haste. With haste. Make haste. Make Reading haste. The, the F section in the dictionary. You know I like the dictionary. That's my that's my jam. Well, daylight savings time, there's a few perks. What's that? There's some good memes. Yes, some <laughs> really good memes. <laughs> there's good memes. I don't know if you've seen the one with Prince Humperdinck and from Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. No, it's not Prince Humperdinck. It it's, is Prince It's Hump- not Prince Humperdinck. Not- it's Count Rogan. Oh, Count Rogan, he says, I've just sucked one year of your life away. But in the, in the meme, it says, I just sucked one hour of your life away. How do you feel? It's supposed to be from Princess Bride. Well, you know how I feel. How do you feel? Well, I feel mostly dead when I wake up. <laughs> But um, <laughs> it's the truth. Yes, it is. But I don't. I don't think any of our listeners are from Congress, and it would take a miracle for Congress to get rid. I don't think it's even Congress's job to get rid of daylight daylight savings time. But I wonder how much that miracle would cost. What do we have to do? Bring Benjamin Franklin back from the <laughs> dead? Something. But how much would that miracle cost? I'm not sure how much it would cost, but probably not as much as an MLT, a mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich. Nice, where the mutton's lean and, and the, the tomatoes, tomatoes are nice and ripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If if you're sitting here like, what are they talking about? Then there's something wrong with you, first of all. And you need to stop whatever you're doing and go watch The Princess Bride right now. Literally best movie ever made. Funniest movie ever made. Best and greatest amount of one-liners ever in the history of movies. We we do have a loyal listener who listens to our podcast habitually. And she sent, uh, sent us a bunch of things from princess bride so that's what made us think about that there we're going to start a club for sure uh, i'm sure there's already a lot of clubs well this is a this is a particular one it's going to be the hope through the fire podcast princess bride club what do you think kind of feels like an oxymoron but sure sure let's go with it Uh, speaking of procedures clubs we've got a awesome club that you can be a part of and that's ordering the best chocolate you like how I transitioned to that? That was nice. That, that was, was pretty nice. cool. And the funny thing is, is that Lindy, the same the same friend we're talking about, whoop, that, whoop, is Lindy. The, <laughs> that is a big fan of the Princess Bride, is also a big fan of CocoaBeanAndButter.com yes. and their chocolates. Yes. They so make she's some, part of all the fan clubs. They make some awesome 
delicious, seriously good chocolate, handcrafted right from our friend's specialized industrial size kitchen that they built. I was just chatting with Joel uh, the other day, and he was saying that they have a new product that's coming out. Wait for this. I feel like this needs a drum roll. It does. Okay. It's kind of like a turtle. Uh, but it's made with peanuts instead of pecans, and he said there's going to be a layer of marshmallow thrown in there, and it's topped with chocolate and sea salt. Mm. They're going to call it the Rocky Top Tortoises instead of a turtle tortoise. That's pretty cute. cool. Cute. So I told him that we need to sample some of it to make sure it's okay for the general public. I feel like that's that's necessary. And if I could make, I'd like to make a special request to make it with cashews instead of peanuts. Hey, if you're I listening, need to, Joel. I need to make a special request, Joel yeah. Kelly, if you're listening. Could I get a specialized one with cashews instead of peanuts? And maybe if you were following some of uh, our socials, we did post a pic of this wonderful creation. It looks like heaven. And it does look like heaven. So go ahead and order some of that. And um, remember that our friends Joel and Kelly, they've offered all our Hope Through the Fire podcast listeners a 10% discount when you use the promo code HTTF2022. But not only will they give you that 10% discount when you use that code, but they'll also donate 10% of their cells, your online, the online cells, um, will go to Morning Center. It's a compassionate pregnancy center. To get some of your del- of this delicious chocolate, go to CocoaBeanAndButter.com. And if you'd like more information on the Morning Center, you can go to MorningCenter.com. So speaking of socials, we crossed into a new territory for the podcast. And, yes, we um, did. I, I don't we, really know what I'm doing with this part of the new territory. Yeah, and we, and by we, I mean you, yes. started an Instagram account. I have an Instagram account. I I have, like, I don't know, maybe 12 friends on there. Like, I don't really get on Instagram very often. Um, but just like Wordle, we don't really know what we're doing. Um, well, okay, I have to take that back. I have a confession. I've yes, gotten... admit, <laughs> admit, confess. Repent. I just wanted to see what it was. Got sucked in, which I knew I would. And now I think I've only missed like two days of Wordle in the last week. Um, it's kind of awesome. I love Wordle. It's so, pretty fun. So we figured out Wordle, and now we have to learn to figure out Instagram. I don't think and it's as complicated as it sounds. Probably not. But but remember, we're on Facebook. We've, we got that going. We're on Twitter. And now we're on Instagram. We sound like a couple of old people sitting on like 60-year-old people. But we sorry, are. 70, 80-year-old people. We are like, old. I don't know what a Wordle or an Instagram is. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to ask my grandson. Maybe That's he can right. show me how to get on the socials. <laughs> well, talk. Where, where, where can they find us on the socials, though? Our Instagram handle is hope underscore through fire. For Twitter, it is at through underscore fire. This sounds so confusing. And Facebook is at hope through the fire. That one's easy. That's, that's easy. But all this underscores and missing words, it just sounds so confusing. That, that sounds cool for, for socials. Everybody has an underscore in their socials. I know. Anyway, oh, you can also email us. Let's go back to the old school stuff. There email. I like that. Yeah. And you can do that Juno.com? at... Or AOL.com. <laughs> AOL.com. No, we are info at hopethroughthefire.com. And we'd love to hear from you in all those socials and emails. Okay, now that you've endured the last five minutes of our silliness today's episode we're going to talk about suffering the title is suffering is never neutral from suffering by paul david tripp and we're going to look at how suffering always carries with it many other things in our lives besides the thing that we are suffering that sounds a little confusing let me say that one more time suffering always carries with it many other things in our lives 
besides the actual thing that we are suffering. And if you're confused, that's okay. Paul David Tripp does a wonderful job explaining it in his chapter, and that's what we're here for, to explain that. And so it's going to be a good episode, I think. You ready for this? Let's get started. This is Hope Through the Fire, a bi-weekly podcast that highlights the stories of people who have faced great trials, but found lasting hope through Christ and His Word. We are Bob and Kelly, and we'll be your host as we walk through these beautiful stories of hope. God has become incredibly real to us through some of our own personal trials, and we want to help you find that same joy even in difficult times. We believe these stories will inspire you to look for the beauty in the ashes and experience God's grace. So let's get started. So I really like this book that we're going through uh, from Paul David Tripp, or PDT, as we call him. Uh, This chapter speaks to the fact that we don't just suffer from the thing that we're suffering from. There are many other things that we carry as we're dealing with the suffering that we're going through. There are two things that are added to our suffering, um, to better explain what we're talking about. These two things are things we trusted, a loss of identity and security that we've become accustomed to. I remember how the suffering that we went through, how it affected a loss of identity for us. We were missionaries in Germany. We'd been there for a very long time, veteran missionaries. And I really don't want to rehash all that we went through. You can go listen to some of the first several episodes to get caught up. But I remember those days of feeling so inadequate because I thought I had lost my identity. We'd spent 10 years as missionaries. We started a church. We learned the language. Our lives were settled in Germany. And then all of a sudden... We lost all of that, and we were forced to come back to the States. But really, for our identity, mine particularly, it was all tied up in that fact that we were, we, we had been involved in mission work. And in, in an instant, all that was gone. Yeah, and we had spent two and a half, almost three years raising funds and lived there for 10 years. So more of our married life was spent mm-hmm. with the idea of living in Germany, Um yeah, so a, a half of our life at that point yeah. was spent living in Germany. So, And then we didn't just lose our identity of being missionaries. We lost our security um, financially. We lost pretty much everything yeah. overnight. Um, so we were kind of up a creek financially. Most of our income was gone. We lost our home that we loved. Um, we put all of our stuff, that were our belongings, our um, material things, put those all into storage and had to start over once we got here to Greenville with everything. Um, but there was the unknown, I think, that was one of the hardest mm-hmm. things that plagued our sense of security, just not knowing what the next step was. And the, the lesson that we've learned over two years removed from this bout of suffering was that we were infected with pride. I know I was. We, we had this pride in that identity and that security. And those two th- two things, they created a sense of arrogant pride in, in things that we thought we had accomplished. We were the missionaries. We had all this stuff. 
and now it's all gone. And so when God did take all that away, it was kind of a rude awakening for us, especially in my life. Yeah, and there was a feeling of utter weakness that we experienced spiritually, mental, mentally, and at times physically. Mm-hmm. We were not just suffering the removal of our position or our identity as missionaries. There was a lot of other layers that we had to sort through as we were confronted with our suffering. Suffering is is like an onion. It's full of layers that are just painful every time you pull back a layer. But the truth of the matter was that our weakness revealed something that was true all along. We needed to learn complete dependence on God for everything in our life. And I love in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul talks about boasting in our weakness, which sounds so strange and so counterintuitive. Yeah, it makes no sense. He says, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weakness, not even like, oh, I'll talk about my... No, gladly. I'll gladly speak about my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So to boast in our weakness makes no sense, but Paul gives sense to it by saying why we boast in our weakness, and it's so that the power of Christ will rest on us. And as PDT says, when you have been proven weak, you tap into the endless resource of divine power that are yours in Christ. I think that's my favorite quote from the entire chapter. Can you read that again? I think we need to say that again slowly. When you have been proven weak... That is when you tap into the endless resource of divine power that are yours in Christ. So that weakness brings us to a point where all we have left is that endless resource, all we have left, Mm -hmm. in quotes, is that endless resource of the divine divine power that was always yours, but now we're looking for it and finding it in Christ and not in ourselves. That's good stuff. Um, Another aspect that PDT brings to light when we suffer is unrealistic expectations. Mm. I think back when we were going through it. There's so many unrealistic expectations that we are going through. And he deals with that in his own suffering that he talks about in the book with his physical health mm-hmm. that breaks down in his life. But the first unrealis- unrealistic, that's a hard word to say, mm-hmm. unrealistic expectation is poor theology. Now, we've been in the church scene for all our life. We've been in ministry for a very long time. But we had some poor theology, mm-hmm. I believe. Sometimes we think that God's punishing us when we suffer, this is a um, this is pretty pretty well established in in a lot of the mindset of people who are are suffering. Unfortunately, we think our suffering is is punitive, but is it is it is it something that we're experiencing because of some gross sin that we've committed? Now there is an aspect of God chastening and trying to bring us back to Himself, but I I I believe strongly that we are have been redeemed. And we are declared righteous before God. And so all these questions that we have in our mind, um, I think we've got to be careful on that. Can we be our own personal prophet and declare in our life that God is judging us with this because we're going through this suffering? Can we allow someone else to declare that in our, in our lives? And they say, oh, you're going through this suffering because you've sinned. And I think, sadly, a lot of times when that poor theology is coming in, it's often someone else telling you, mm-hmm. oh, this is because of sin in your life. And like Job's friends. Like Job's yeah. friends. They came to me, it has to be because of sin in your life. And Job's like, but I, I've checked my heart. I, I don't think I have sin in my mm-hmm. heart. So oftentimes that feeling of, oh, God must be punishing me comes from other people mm-hmm. trying to speak into us. And, oh, you, you've definitely sinned. You've definitely sinned. Instead of just seeing that God brings trials in our lives for our good, for our growth. Yeah. And I, I love that Romans 8, 1 through 4 says that we have no condemnation through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And based on that verse alone, we 
And then other people, like you were just saying, we have no right whatsoever to interpret our suffering as punishment from God mm-hmm. because we're, and, we're redeemed. We have no condemnation in Jesus Christ. And I was trying to think of examples of people who we see God chastening them for their sin. And he clear, God clearly makes it clear to them, this is for your sin right. every time. Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples that we were talking about the other day, but there's many examples where they clearly knew this is why I am suffering this thing is because God is showing me that this is for, right. this is for sin in my life. David, he David. sent Nathan. Yes, Nathan. Yeah, oh, that sounds weird. Sorry, oh. <laughs> he sent the prophet Nathan right. to come and to talk to David to David and say, "Hey, because of your sin, this is the punishment you're going to suffer." So God always made it clear in someone's life, and I think God will do the same if He's brought suffering. It's going to be clear in our life. We don't have to sit there and try to scramble and think of, oh, goodness, which which little sin was this that I committed or big sin was this that I committed. God is going to make that clear mm-hmm. if it is indeed suffering that we're suffering because of sin. But I love what PDT says. Rather than suffering being connected to the bad things we have done, Scripture connects trials and difficulty to the good things God wants for us and is working to produce in us. And we see that mm-hmm. all throughout Scripture when it's talking about trials and things that we go through. It's I think most of the time it is connected to it being for our good. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And and I think we can really take a whole episode Mm -hmm. and talk about this one thing, because so many people... Uh, are plagued by this poor theology that they think that God's punishing them because they're experiencing this suffering. And so we have to really think, is this correct? Mm-hmm. And we have to examine our heart. There's there's nothing wrong in doing no. that. And, but but like we just heard, it's many t- most of the time God is trying to use it for our good to help. That leads us to another aspect of poor theology. And PDT um, talks about this in his chapter, and is that we misunderstand Romans eight twenty eight? Now mm-hmm. this is this is a little uh, uh, hitting home for me because mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite verses. I love this. It kind of steps on my toes a little bit, but it's so true. We misunderstand what Romans eight twenty eight says. Paul wrote and said, "And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose." Now this is a great verse for mm-hmm. those who are suffering. It's awesome. It's helped me. It's encouraged me. Um, but we have to be careful that we don't take this verse out of context in thinking that all will come out good in the end. Um, this is a huge unrealistic expectation because many times things don't come out good in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, suffering sometimes stays with us throughout our whole life, and we just don't see the good that develops from it. Yep. And I think another verse that's often mis- misquoted and taken out of context is Jeremiah 29, 11. And right, it's one yeah. of my favorites where it says that God has a plan for you, he has a future, and he will give you an expected end. And in our mind, we think, oh, it's a good expected end. It may not be. It right. may be an end that you are not expecting, but it's what he expects. Right. It's what God expects for us, and it's an expected end that is what he has planned for us. And it may be ending in suffering. And maybe ending in death. I know we, we talk about this a lot, but that's that's a theme that we have here, that even if moment, that if God doesn't take away the suffering, he's still faithful, and mm-hmm. we need to stay true to him. And so a lot of times we take these verses out of context because of things that we've heard in our in our past, or yeah. maybe it's our own personal study on that. We think of something, it's one thing, but really there's a totally different 
meaning behind some of these verses. Yeah, and something can happen to a person's view of God when they hold to this idea that that their suffering will end at some point. That God, because God's good, He's going to let them their suffering end. It it may not happen that way. So they, if it happens where maybe the outcome doesn't come out the way they're planning. They think, oh, God must not be good, or he's right. failed them, or he's not delivered on his promise. And it's really almost a form of prosperity gospel. It is, exactly. And the, and the sad thing is that I've preached this before in, my, mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, and and, and it, it kind of grieves me, because I looking at this verse, that good is talking about redemption. Mm-hmm. And if you read the other verses in verses 29 and 30, and, and how God will never, we will never be separated from mm-hmm. God. That's talking about that eternal life that we yeah. have. And we will face the persecution. We'll face the suffering. We'll face the depression and anxiety. But God never leaves us. Mm-hmm. We are always his, ch- his children. Yeah. And I think PDT does a great job explaining this, so we'll let him explain it. He can do a better job than we do. He says the key to understanding the true hope of this passage, back to Romans 8.28, is to understand the good that Paul is writing about. Verses 29 and 30 tell us the good that is guaranteed in this passage is our redemption. Mm-hmm. Even before we made, he made the world, God made the decision that his work in us would be completed no matter what. That means that the grace you and I reach out for in times of trouble is never shaky or at risk. It's a present expression of a plan that was settled before the world began. Amen. And that can only be good and only end the way that he wants it to. Because he's God and he's doing his redemptive work in our lives. There's a a next unrealistic unrealistic expectation that BDD talks about, and it's, it's that we have doubt. When we doubt... God's presence, his power, we doubt his promises, we doubt his goodness, we doubt his faithfulness in our lives. And when we doubt all those things, it, it reveals our heart. Mm-hmm. Suffering always exposes the true nature of our relationship to and, and, and with the communion that we have with God. Then there are unrealistic expectations of life and those around us. We forget that we live in a broken world caused by sin. Mm-hmm. And I think we always think it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And it's not. It was broken from the beginning. It's going to stay broken and get brokener. Brokener is a good word. More broken. It's good theology right I there. I thought you'd think so. Romans 8.22 tells us that the world is groaning. The earth is groaning. But we think our life should be a certain way. And when that doesn't come to fruition, then we're disappointed and we become bitter. The world we live in cannot live up to our expectations. People can't live up to our expectations. God's grace can progressively change all that. But sin, sin is still going to remain and continues on in its destructive path. Yes. And I think about these unrealistic expectations that we have for people. And we tend to have this, um, we tend to give them a Messiah complex mm-hmm. that, that they are they're going to help us solve our problems. We place them on pedestals, but then when they disappoint us, many times we resort to blaming God. PDT says, it never works to turn a person into your personal Messiah. It never works to look to another for your identity. It never works to ask people to give you meaning and purpose. It is unrealistic to look to someone for inner peace. It never goes well when you ask another flawed human being to be the source of your happiness. So, unfortunately, our suffering increases 
when our world comes crashing down because we place people in these unhealthy positions. And I think a lot of times when we do this, it's unknowingly. We right. we do it unconsciously. Yeah. And so a lot of people are probably saying right now, like, oh, I don't do that. I, I don't do that. But really, if you examine your life, you'll see a lot of people that you have placed yeah. as a Messiah figure yeah. in your life. And sometimes it can be yourself. Yep. Yeah. I think oftentimes we can make ourselves a Messiah figure. Well, talks about that. I can yeah. do this. Yeah. I, I, I've got this. I don't need God to do this thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and another baggage that comes with suffering is the loss of material things. We've touched on this a bit with our story, mm-hmm. um, that this was a difficulty that we've had to go through. We still don't have... <laughs> our stuff is still in storage in Germany right. after two years. It was two years last week. Um, but PDT brings this extra baggage to light. When suffering comes and it causes our financial security to be in jeopardy, then our suffering intensifies. And so this pursuit of what PDT says is materialism, it places our hope on those physical things. We're hoping that those things will will stay with us, that, that they'll be part of our lives. But our hope should always be in the Lord. And, and our hope... When our hopes transfer to physical things, to the temporal things, then it really causes more suffering mm-hmm. in our lives. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So our physical comforts, they're going to fade. They're going to diminish. But God never changes. And we've got to learn that everything we have, it comes from God and Him alone. And the one last thing that PDT talks about that becomes extra baggage to our suffering occurs when we are selfish. Selfism is the fastest growing religion in the world. We are full of ourselves. But the beauty of suffering really reveals that life is not about us and it's more about God. Mm -hmm. All of our agendas, our plans and goals are put aside, whether we want them to or not. And suffering forces us to look to God because there's nowhere else to look. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having plans no. and goals. We're not, we're not saying that those things are wrong. But when we allow those things to control how we react to situations in life, then we are worshiping at the altar of self. Hmm. And that sounds tough, but I'm speaking to myself mm-hmm. because I have a problem with this. Sin causes us to be driven by our selfish ambitions. Selfism, it makes us think that we're sovereign over our own affairs, and we don't have any capacity to control the outcomes of those affairs. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we're not, we don't have the power to do it. Yep. And it's not about our glory anymore, but it's about His. Yeah, so it's not, it should be. Yeah. Yes. It's not about solely seeking our pleasure at the expense of doing God's will. It definitely isn't about doing our will about doing his will. And if we think there's a benefit in building our kingdom, then we have to realize that God's kingdom is always going to be greater. Mm -hmm. It's not about our growing success, but all about declaring his goodness and his glory in our lives. And I don't think we really fully understood declaring God's goodness and glory in our lives until we went through suffering. Because before, I mean, it was, we, you know, I feel like surface level, we were, oh, we give God the glory for the things he's done. But really, it was kind of like, oh, look what we did. Look what we did. Right. And God had to bring us to the end of ourselves to yes. to share finally the story of God doing this work in our lives and his goodness and glory shone through in ways that people had to see him and not us. Exactly. Exactly. There's one last quote from PDT. He says, The crisis of faith that often accompanies suffering is the result of a collision between our will and God's will and our glory 
and his glory. This is why suffering's not neutral. There's a lot of extra baggage that comes with suffering. Some of it is, is not what we think. We don't realize this stuff. And that ba extra baggage can be forced, be, it can be a forced realization of who we are and what God wants us to be. So many truths in one small chapter. Absolutely. Yeah, PDT, he's truth bombs daily. If you all um, don't follow him on Facebook or anything like that, you should. He has just little quotes or little things. My favorite is, and I think we've talked about this in the past, is his book, um, New, Morning New Morning Mercies. And it's just a devotional. And it is literally just every page is the grace of God. Just grace. Grace in different ways. So check that out if you don't have something that you're reading. And if you are like me, who is, has a problem growing facial hair, you'll be mm -hmm. very jealous by his <laughs> massive mustache that he has. Yeah, and so. when you see a picture of him, after you read him and lots of stuff about him, and then you see a picture, you're like, that is not what I expected him <laughs> to look like at all. I always picture someone in my mind, he is the exact opposite of what I was picturing, like, huh. Yeah. yeah. So we plan on the next episode to stay in PDT's book, and we'll be talking about being aware of the constant pain that comes from suffering. And he is talking about physical suffering, mm -hmm. physical pain, um, but any suffering comes with pain attached to it. Many people don't really know how to react to the ongoing suffering of others. Um, they say cliches or sadly sometimes harsh things that are hurtful to people. So he'll be helpful in that, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, another good episode. Ho hopefully this episode was helpful. But as we go into that next episode, we'll, we'll talk about that pain and suffering. It's a real thing that happens. And sometimes it doesn't go away right away. It doesn't mm -hmm. just leave right away. It's It, it goes, it, it exists for a very long time. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this next episode will also be a blessing to you. If this episode or any of our past episodes have been a blessing, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, we've got all those socials that we're still figuring out, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, along with emailing us at info at hopethroughthefire.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, or give us a review on the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. So join us next time as we hear a story of Hope Through the Fire. And we see God turn suffering into a victory. So